Oh yeah. Bay vibes with a whole lot of laughs. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Dad vibes, but we run it with class. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Yeah, it's the second half. Hey, it's the second half. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. can't parent each kid too as if you had like this template right. you know jason I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to you bro it's, it's like coaching you try to read and react but you're always evaluating you're always x's and o's you know what i mean that's that's parenting and i think the bad parent right i'll call out some bad parents here because there are and we have to be real with ourselves and realize when we are being that bad parent because any one of us is going to as we are as parents on our best days, we probably have some really terrible bad parent days. Well, I definitely um, do it. Y'all know, y'all know the FTKs? What's that? No, what's that? Fucking kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some days, bro. Like you, because you talk about, like you say, like, man, like you gotta, you gotta pat yourself on the back sometimes, but like sometimes it requires you to be like, man, kids, bro. Like, I love my kids. Bro, I just got done, what, doing this for you today, putting some food on the table, yeah. make sure you good, you all right, you good, you right, you got the new shoes you yeah. wanted, you got that, that new switch you got. Ah, oh, dad, my son just got done telling me he hated me last week. You know what I mean? But do I, I, don't, I can't take it personal, right? I, I, it hurts a little bit, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, I feel like my son hates me, right? In that moment. Fuck them kids. Let him have his moment. You know what I mean? Let him have his moment. He's not really talking about nothing, right? Like, and you go back and you're like, all right, for real? Like, that's how you felt? No, dad. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't really mean it. Okay. I know you didn't mean it, you know, but to me, in my mind, like, it's just like my ongoing joke because I feel like as fathers and mothers and parents, whatever, your kids don't necessarily understand the disrespect. They only understand the emotion, right? And so, like, I feel like in the same time as, for me, at least, I try to understand that emotion. Because if he's angry, more than likely, I'm probably angry, too. Because whatever he's angry about isn't big enough, in my mind, for him to be angry. You got life too good. What you talking about, bro? You ain't got no job. You ain't out here, you know what I mean, looking for, for food out of trash cans. Like some kids got to do. You ain't out here wondering where your next meal is coming from. You're not out here, you know, naked in the cold. But you want to complain about this, man. Fuck the kids. But, but I like. I feel like you have to. You have to have those moments for ourselves because it's a real emotion. Because in that time, you really do feel like that. Like you're like, bro, I'm doing all this shit for you. You're not even really. You don't care for it. But they do. Yeah. They do, but in that moment, it really do be like that, and well, it's okay. It's, it's self recognition, you know, as a parent to kind of say, "Hold up, let me not react and flash on this dude." Right. But to kind of take what you said one step further, it's not so much that they understand the emotion that kids understand the emotion at the time; they understand the expression of the emotion. Yeah. They don't know that they're angry, 
They just know I'm feeling some shit and I got to rage out. So it takes them a while to process that too. And, you know, it takes a stronger mind to be like, I ain't going to slap this kid right now because CPS is quick. But, you know, I agree with you. The reset button to kind of just say, oh, hold up. I can't. I need to go to the other room myself. I I need. I can't put him on timeout. I'm, I need timeout. You know what say I mean? Say it, right. Say it. Fuck them kids. Fuck them <laughs> kids. But fuck the motherfucking kids, bro. I'm that. I would never let my son would never feel like I don't care about him. But he's gonna know how I handle my emotions too because that is important, right? He can't just see it even kill calm dad all the time because my son can't be even kill calm all the time. It's not normal. Yeah. So if you're going to be angry, I'm going to probably be angry too. But then now, when I decide that I'm going to be angry, for me as a parent, I have to decide what that anger looks like. Right. Because right. then my son is going to be like, I'm watching you. Right? And what does your anger look like? Because that's what my anger is going to look like. And even the conversation you had after. Yeah. You know? 100%. 100%. Like, why do you feel that way? How do you feel? Like, that's... That's huge because you're hearing them out, yeah. you know? So even if he is acting up and you show him you're angry, but just the fact that you could have a conversation like that where it's self-reflective, I think that's huge, man. Um, even with my kids, <laughs> I have, like, this joke in my head because I feel like I'm that dad that's, like, always giving an analogy now, you know? And um, I love it, though, because I, I don't want them to just – you're going to feel shit. There's just no way you're not. But why? Like, you have to know the why. You have to realize, why do I feel this way? Is it right? Is it wrong? You know? Because um, you can be angry, and it, it's it's right. Like, you should be angry. And that's something I've kind of had to learn is, like, even when my kids get mad at me, like, I have to self-reflect. You know, why are they upset? What did I do? What could I have done better? Um and I feel like that's what parenting has become for me. It's just so much self-reflection. Yeah. Even unlearning things, that's all just self-reflection, really understanding how you grew up and how that affects who you are as a person now. Um, and I think that's something we're all just forever going to be kind of unraveling and, and relearning. Yeah. Like my son, yeah, I love him to death. Like, you know, like one thing that I think I tried, like, my best to get across my son I will with my daughter too is how to talk stuff out right express how you feel you can feel how you feel but tell me why tell me what's going on my son does that shit to the T bro to the point where almost like it works against me you know what I mean because he's so good at it and I'm like bro I'm like why do you even know how to okay it's working but like he'll tell me he'll come off some stuff like you know this last weekend all right, got mad at me. My son, we're in Reading, and we're in hotel room, and I'm like, son, you know, this is your area. You need to keep it clean. I need you to pick up your clothes, put it inside your suitcase, zip up your suitcase. Whole ass meltdown. <laughs> right? Whole ass meltdown. Now, I'm not expecting this. I'm like, bro, this, I'm talking about zipping up your suitcase. Put a couple shirts in there, and let's call it a day. Right? Whole thing breaks out. Right? And I'm just sitting here like, okay, how do I handle this? Like, And it's really upsetting, but my son looks at me and he goes, Dad, 
I'm just trying to relax, and you're the reason why I can't relax. <laughs> and I'm like, you little motherfucker. You know what I mean? And it's just like, how do I, how do I get angry at him when he's doing what I I have essentially coached him to do without him like being like, Dad, this is what you told me to do? Because I didn't tell him. I didn't say. Son, everything. Matter of fact, when he usually tells me shit, I'm like, son, it don't really matter what you think. You're going to do what I ask you to do, right? Because in the back of my mind, too, there is a sense of discipline. I feel as though, like, a lot of our parents get scrutinized for the way that they disciplined us. But it was because they were forced to discipline us because they knew how the world was going to come at us, right? And so I try to... In a way, in my own way, or I guess in a modern way, like instill that in my son. Because there are times where I'm like, son, this is not a time for you to talk, right? It's a time for you to listen. Mm-hmm. But in this moment, he was like, nah, you asked me to do something. I don't feel like doing it, but I got to relax. Because y'all relax in this vacation, but I can't relax because you want me to zip up my suitcase. <laughs> as little as it sounds to him or to me. It was a big deal to him because he was like, bro, I was chilling. Just like us. Like, we chill on the couch. Our wives asked us to do some shit. How much, how many times have we hesitated? Like, man, yeah, I really don't feel like fucking doing that shit. Yeah. But in the back of our minds, we know we're going to do it because we're trained to. And we love our wives and we want to do it. But as a kid, there's so much raw emotion that something as simple as that, bro, turned into like a good 35, 45 minutes like ordeal but at the end of the day when my son said that I was like you little motherfucker (laughs) you don't got me right like you got me you got it that's it you won and that's the thing finding the balance yeah right because when you think back to how going back to how we were raised right you couldn't really speak out uh, speaking for myself if I spoke out it was a sign of disrespect Mm -hmm. right it's like why are you talking back but then at the same time, they're trying to teach you how to speak up for yourself. You just can't do it when you're doing it to them. Right. So my wife, the way she put it as perspective for me was, how do you want to be remembered, especially by your kids? Right. Are you always going to be that one to respond quickly and just fire off? Or are you going to take a step back? Think about what you're going to say, how it's going to be delivered. And how you want them to respond to what you're saying to them. So you're having a conversation with them instead of just constantly trying to be on them, trying to discipline them. Because then really, where is that balance of how trying to teach them how to speak up for themselves and that moment when you can speak up for yourself? But also that third moment when you just got to say, you know what? Fuck all that. I just need you to zip up your motherfucking bag. Yeah. I just need you to do your homework. I just need you to go to sleep. So, you know, finding... I think for me, as a personal struggle, it's always been the balance. When am I going to be their friend? When am I going to be their champion? When am I going to be the police? It's it's always something I I, I do grapple with. Um... And I, and I just wanted to say this statement because it's, it's, it's something I, I really wanted to make sure I discuss here. I, I think parenting is, is a, it's, it's like our best gift, you know, because it's our opportunity to shape these young people and then have them 
be contributors to their communities or society and ultimately you know be the be the future that's our our, our blessing as parents but with that there's so much we're, we're 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 human so there's so much human emotion that goes into that um one of the human emotions that you can't take away is ego and i see this with this statement that you can't not be narcissistic as a parent. Narcissism is intrinsic to parenthood. Let me expand on that a bit more. The reason it's intrinsic to parenthood is because you can't, as a parent, not raise your children to be the best version of themselves or the best version of who you think they should be because ultimately you know that child is a reflection of you there you're what you're really doing is you are mining you know all of these resources and using that to shape this kid to be your trophy whether you know it care to admit it that's what we're doing and we have to be able to temper ourselves to make sure we're not selfish enough to make them who we think they are versus who they should really be. We're guides, right? We should be there for support. But it's really hard to just not be like, God damn it, this is what I want from you. And I really wish you would go to this college and be this when you grow up, have this occupation. That's us kind of extending the liberties that we're granted as parents, right? Or overextending the liberties that we're granted as parents, I should say, and taking advantage of that opportunity. Um, and I have to check myself so many times a day. I mean, I've got these two right here. We're college-age kids, and we're talking about their majors and the occupations that they want to go into, the fields, industries they, they want to be in. This is really hard, man. I mean, every every parent, you know, especially if you're from the Asian community, there's only two occupations that make sense, right? You're either a lawyer or a doctor, and if you can't be that, be a fucking nurse. Oh, I thought it was a postman and a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the eighties. Shout but, out to Joe Coy. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it, it's it's a it's a balance for sure, and I think. You know, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, there, there's no perfection in this. And if you think you're perfect, and if you start, I, this is one thing, I, it's a pet peeve of mine. I can't stand it when parents compare. Because your kids aren't someone else's kids. Your household isn't someone else's household. You got to raise them to be who they are within the confines of the world they're in, right? Um, I'm really big on quotes right now, so I'm going to read this quote because this quote is big for me. It resonates with me. It's a quote by Ruha Benjamin. Remember to craft and imagine the worlds you cannot live without, just as you dismantle the worlds you cannot live within. And to me, it speaks so much of parenting because you are dismantling a lot of the worlds that you lived within that you now want to do without when you're raising your kids. You're taking away all of the ill effects of your own trauma and trying to just pour into them the best of you, right? But how do you do that? And I think that's 
that's the challenge of it. That's the that's the um, question that just won't be answered until your kids are one day taking care of you, which we never really want to be in uh, in a place. But the goal is that, right? The goal is that you raise kids that know enough um, and care enough to be able to one day just look at you and say, I got you. Let me, you know, when you're down and out, when you're at your worst medical condition, I got you, let me hold you down, right? We don't want that, of course, but we, we want to rest in that security that's, that the kids that we are raising are of that thought. I have a question for you, Jason. Yeah. Uh, with your parents, how did they co-parent? Or was there? Would, did that even exist? Yeah, I mean, there was co-parenting. My um, my mom was my primary caregiver, right? So I, I lived with her most of the week uh, or most of the time. And then my dad, he had he had gotten married, and he lived just in Concord. And so I would probably go over there probably like once every like couple. Or every other week or something like that um, but I talked to my dad pretty much as much as I could as a little kid and then as I got older my dad got more involved with like my sports stuff and things like that because my mom didn't really care for any of that unless it was like wrestling and she didn't even really care to watch me wrestle um, so my dad had to be more involved because like I needed someone at that time to even just get me to and from practices like he didn't even need to be like motivating because my dad really wasn't a sports person. I think my dad played, like, soccer in, like, junior high school or something like that. And that was it. And uh, so it was more so my mom kind of organizing the times that my dad needed to be there for the things that she didn't want to be there for or couldn't be there for because it wasn't important to her at the time and she had other things she needed to get done. And this is a time that a dad should be filling in anyway, Right. And so um, it was really kind of indifferent the days that I was with my dad. There was a lot more consistency being with my mom. Um, and like with my firstborn, my first, my son, I, um, I co-parent, or actually I should say my wife and I co-parent with his mother, uh, all three of us. And man, that has been a blessing because you hear horror stories and it's not like I lived a horror story, but like my, again, I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine right now not seeing my son for a week. I'll put it like that. Like I couldn't imagine not seeing my son for a few weeks. Right. Like my heart would be torn. I wouldn't even be able to like be in my household living the right way. Cause I'll be like, bro, I'm not around my son. Like I'm used to being around my son. Like I'm used to being a single parent, with my son for a while, right, as he was growing up, and uh, until I met my wife, right, and then we became, we parented together, but, like, there was a parent, there was a time in there when I was a single parent, his mom was a single parent, right, we were raising him on our own, um, but I knew that I was never not going to be there for my son, and so co-parenting to me right now is, like, or even then was really important. Because, I mean, even, like, when I was working in Athens with you guys, I was, like, I was leaving Athens, and I would go to Fairfield to have 
dinner with my kid's mom and family and then put my kid to bed and then I drive back to Martinez to go to sleep and then get ready for work the next day. Like, and I was doing that because I didn't want my, and my kid was like weeks old, weeks old to months old when at that time. And I, it didn't matter to me whether he knew or didn't know I was doing that. He still doesn't know to this day that that was the kind of stuff I was doing, right? But it was important to me to be there because I knew that, like, there were point in times in my life where I was like, man, I wish my dad was kind of here. Like, I'm just chilling here and, like, you know what I mean? Like, not to say my mom, but, shit, people in our lives that are consistently in our lives at some point are going to get on our nerves. And now as kids, our parents get on our nerves. So I always felt like sometimes it was like, damn, there was moments where I was like, my mom's getting on my nerves or my mom's, like, saying this or saying that. I wish I could talk to my dad. I don't want my son to have that. So my son will be with me, he'll be around me, he can come to the gym, he like he knows he has access to me at any point in time, right? And that's important to me, co-parenting, because um, not every dad gets that in a co-parenting situation. And so they're, they're removed from their kid for whatever reason it may be. I mean, sometimes it's the male's fault, sometimes it's not, but um, I knew that that couldn't be my situation, right? And uh, so... For me, my mom was the driving factor for the consistency level that I saw my dad, but that was only because she was making sure that he was available, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't like my mom was like, now you can't see your dad this week. If I was like, mom, I want to go see my dad, she'd be like, well, let me see what he's doing. She never once was just like, nah, you can't go see your dad. And so I know that I'm not like that. And I know my son's mom isn't like that, right? So to me, that's important. Yeah, it's really yeah. important. I could say, honestly, for myself, co-parenting in the be beginning for me, I, I I wasn't the best at it. Um, watching how my dad moved with us, it was always pushed on my mom, right? So I pushed everything, not just on my my ex, their mom, but I also pushed it on my wife, right? Like you are now their stepmom. Even when we were just dating, it was like, oh, you're their stepmom. You got to handle this, right? And it wasn't until she helped me realize, like, no, you have to be a part of their life, right? And you need to be a big part of their life because, again, to what she was saying, how do you want to be remembered? So when she said that, it was like, it clicked and I was like, okay, started to develop these relationships with my older, my older kids and trying to be a better father figure to my younger ones. And yeah, co-parenting, it, it isn't always the easiest. And with, um, my first or my ex, um, I learned as the more I got involved, um, the more difficult it got for her um, because it was like she was so used to me being so hands-off. Now that I was more hands-on and my wife was also hands-on, it was like, oh, it's two-on-one, right? But really what we were doing was what was best for them. And I really envy your relationship with with yours to 
be able to co-parent. Um, yeah, man. I mean, like you say, like you say, it's not easy. It's it definitely has its ups and downs, and you know, at the end of the day, um, we just try to make sure the focus is on the kids, and that's what it's all about. It's yeah, always it's the main focus is always about them. So, I want to direct this to you, Peaches. How is it for you? Man, okay. Um, <laughs> co-parenting the for my older three. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on for days. I could bash. I could do all kinds of things right now, but I'm not going to. Um, it, it was tough because I wasn't mature enough to realize. Oh damn! You know what? It's not about what I want. It's not about what she what she wanted. It's about what these three kids need from either of us. And her and I just didn't know how to communicate. To this day, we don't even know how to communicate. And I I pride myself on communication right now. And I try, but I can't seem to just <laughs> communicate with her. It's it's tough because it's just, I don't know, that, that it, it's just tough. I, I can't even... I can't describe it. Um, but for my youngest mom and I, our communication is off the hook. Like, she can call me anytime, any hour about our child, and let's talk about this. All right. And, like, I feel our relationship is all about our child. And that's how it should have been with my older three. And it's easy. It's so easy when you have communication. It's so easy, especially if you both are on the same page. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. Like, I don't know where it would be (laughs) with uh, my younger one right now. Like, I didn't have a good relationship with her mom. Like, I probably would have fell back into the... The whole of, like, the bad dad or something like that. You know what I mean? It's easy. It's easy. It's, yeah. Like, I felt like with my older ones, like, damn, I'm I'm that dad. I neglect them or whatever, you know? But I was never doing that. It was just hard to communicate with their mom. It was so hard. She made it tough on me. Made it tough. Like, just give you a snippet of it. She would badmouth me to them, and then my kids would not want to come with me just because of that. So basically scared the crap out of them about me being a bad person. And I felt like, you know, I, I wasn't. But to go back, maybe my temper was showing it at the time to them, and maybe that scared them too. So I always have these, you know, I always go back, to like, what could I have done better? And I know now what I could have done better is just try to figure out a happy medium with their mom and just communicate more and have her, like, see what I'm trying to do. But it it was just not resonating with her. And I was just, I, I honestly, I personally just gave up communication with her. And I was just like, you know what? I tried my hardest. I can't work with you. I'm going to have to let you go. Like, I feel like co-parenting goes more than just like a severed relationship. 
Probably yeah. even with my wife right now, bro. Like we co-parent. It's it's like a term not used really within like marriage, but like we co-parent. Yeah. Because yeah. my views are different than my wife's views. A lot of them, bro. And like we go through shit, and I'm like, dude. I don't know if like we have to work this out. Obviously, like we have to figure this out. Like, you know, where as like if if it's my son's mother, sometimes we'll communicate and we'll just kind of be like, you know what? As long as we're heard, each one of us are heard, we can kill the conversation and go on cordially about whatever it is. With my wife, it's like you're heard, I'm heard. We might both be mad, but we sit on the couch watching Bravo, <laughs> and I'm like. In silence. You good? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's a different type of co-parenting. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you're trying to figure out how you're going to raise this new child, this new baby, and how she was raised versus how I was raised, not allowing, not allowing what I feel is like, you know, some of the things that I would like to see removed from my child's life that were in my life, and her doing the same thing. Yeah. Right? My wife was raised in a two-parent household different whatever but it's not to say she didn't have her issues not to say that they didn't have problems right it still was very different um and so we're trying to figure that out as like co-parenting you know uh married couple and so it's it's a different type of co-parenting but it's still co-parenting because bro like again like i said i could be like yo her foot should be hanging off the left side of the bed she'd be like nah i should hang off the right because the circulation is better you know what i mean i'm like what the fuck you know, so it's like that's how it has to be sometimes, and you you understand that it's not just about the severed relationship; it's even the relationships you have with you now that you co-parent and uh, grandparents. Same thing, do it's like they have a certain way they used to do things, and they want to bring that because they are now parents to their grandparents, and they feel like they have like so. To me, that co-parenting goes many different ways you know and it's a it can be it can be a struggle man it can be a struggle either way it's it's great that you touched on that though jason because i mean that that co-parenting is anytime there's more than one parent involved in the child right whether you are current in that relationship or if it's uh now an extension or an ex in that relationship that you're dealing with it's challenging because you have two minds who differ who may differ um on really significant fundamentals in terms of raising that kid. So that's challenging. But let's kind of move on to this a little bit and touch on something that we are discussing earlier, which was the generation before us. I kind of just wanted to read off some generational differences here from the National Parent Survey. And this was a question asked of parents right now that they whether or not they do this less than their parents did. And I'll read some of these off to you guys and we could talk about these. So, I do this less than my parents did. 37% of people surveyed say they spank less than their parents. How do you guys feel about that? that? Is that a significant change? But also, what do you practice in your household? I could say that I spank less. Um, I've become more of a yeller, right? I'm always raising my voice. Um, (laughs) I got spanked a lot, and I remember what that felt like. So 
I mean, I did it early on. I'm not going to say I didn't spank um, because, like, what, what we were talking about before, we we did what uh, was done to us because that's what we knew. Um, it wasn't until later that I stopped uh, spanking. But, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about it. Like, I felt like it was helpful. It was, use, you know... It helped mold them. Um, but as I got older, and credit to my wife again, it was more just, if you talk to them, you know, they'll listen. And if you're patient enough, you know, you could have that discussion with them as to what is right, what is wrong, what consequences are, and it doesn't always have to be in the form of a spank. So, yeah, I could say early on, I did spank, but it became less and less. And it was more about, I guess, raising my voice and then learning how to have a discussion with them. Yeah, man, that's a fine line. Like, that's hard. Uh, and <clears throat> with my son, like, it's too, as far as, like, the spanking goes or, even like I used to flick my son's hand but like stop right immediate like reaction so you stop but um, it's too short term like because I started to see my son be like whatever so then like what does that mean for me that means that that flick has to turn into something else right mm-hmm. and so like we started like okay what what doesn't he like or what does he like okay let's take something away all right, well, you can take away, but then now your kid has nothing, and then they learn to live with nothing, right? So, like, recently, he has to write it out. Like, he would, he wasn't focusing in jiu-jitsu the other day. So I'm like, all right, bro, I heard your coach have to, like, talk to you, like, five, six different times, dude. My son has hella energy. He does. He looks like he's older than what he is, and so, like, when he behaves sometimes like a kindergarten, people are like, dude, like, your kid's out of control. I'm like, no, he's fucking like a kindergarten just looks like he's in fucking he should have a part time job you know what I mean but like <laughs> it is what it is you know so for him I'm like alright bro we gotta write it out so he has a notebook and we just started doing this he has to write a full page I will focus in jiu-jitsu I will focus in and by the time he gets to like the fourth or fifth line bro he's like dad <laughs> I'm so tired I'm like now you're asking him I said bro you can do this Right, or you can just take the jiu-jitsu class because you're going to take the jiu-jitsu class anyway. So you might as well focus because when you get done, you can either come home, shower, play on your iPad, get ready for bed, read a book, and we'll be good. Right? Because the only rules in our house are you're going to go to school, you're going to do some type of physical activity, you're going to come home, eat dinner, and that's pretty much what we got to do for you. Right? Now, anything outside of that is extra. You come home, play on your iPad, you can kick it, go play with your boys, but all that stuff will be taken away. And then you're going to be sitting down writing the whole time. He left his gi on the floor. He always leaves his clothes all over the gym. All right, bro. Time to write about it. You know what I mean? You're going to be real good at writing by the time you're done. And he's, again, so if he doesn't finish at night, he's got to wake up and do it in the morning. Because sometimes in the morning, we'll let him be on his iPad before he's got to go to school. Give him a little relaxed mind, whatever. It's not a big deal. But if not, you got to write. I will not leave my gi on the ground. I will not leave. Dad. 
I don't think I can write anymore. <laughs> like, it looked like some more room on there, bro. Like, and that to me has been like way more effective than me flicking his hand or me like being how like I still yell at my son, right? And I do still flick him every now and then because there are some things that's like, bro, you're gonna learn this right here, right now. And the writing is, I don't have the patience for it. But the bulk of it is, bro, you're gonna be doing something where you're so fucking bored. That you were gonna think about this shit, like in jujitsu, like I, man, I gotta write about that shit. I'm good, bro. Leave me alone. I'm gonna go ahead and focus on what I gotta do, and like it's worked for him. But we keep having to find new things like that, and I think it's gonna be like that for a while. But we found one thing that's working, right, for right now. So like for me, that's just where it's at. And I got that idea from like an old friend of mine, where they're like their parents were. Uh, English teachers. Your mom was an English teacher. Mm-hmm. Their their parents were English teachers, and they were like, they used to just make them write. Like they would, her and her brother would argue. They'd be like, you guys better write about it. And I'd be like, damn, they used to make you write, and that shit worked. And they'd be like, yeah, we used to fucking hate that shit. It's you know funny you mean? say that because with my older three, with my uh, my wife now, we had them write lines, and when we talk about disciplining. Uh, now and back then, that is the thing that they remember. <laughs> oh man, I hated writing lines. You know, um, I remember in school I had to write lines, and I, yeah. I always used to cheat my way through that. Right, like I used to use a, I don't know if you guys remember or even know of carbon paper. Right, you oh, write. So you just write. Go, yeah. Go yeah. So Bro, yeah, <laughs> I know I'm dating myself <laughs> so now. It was, it, was, it was like three of them, right? right. Three sheets. <laughs> what they, what they call them, the yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah you wrote like you though. wrote on carbon paper, and you know you write on one sheet, and then it just transferred over. transferred over to the next sheet. So yeah, it was your two for one. But my 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 older kids they remember that, and that's the thing that sticks out to them the most. It wasn't the yelling. It wasn't the spanking. It was, I hated writing lines. Man, that sucked. So, yeah, it's it's funny that you bring that up. Yeah. So it works. That shit works. But I, I think Jason hit it on the nail. You know, there was a time spanking worked. There was a time beating your kids worked. But as kids and as our society develops and people grow more intelligence and become smarter, it only works to a point. Mm-hmm. You can only threaten your kids for so long, right? And like you said, you go down the, the path of relying on spanking, then now you got to spank harder, hit a different body part. You got to always think of ways... I mean, th- that is what you're really trying to do with spanking, right? You're trying to jar a lesson into them. But you can't. you just can't keep doing it. I think it works to a certain age, but then as your kids start developing emotional maturity, it, it's done, you know? I mean, what does it look like you spanking your kid that's in eighth grade? Which, again, used to be normal 20, 30 years ago, maybe when we were growing up. I mean, I, I'll just say I, I, I didn't get spankings. I used to get beatdowns. Um, that's, that's why I am really good at blocking, bro. <laughs> really good. Um, but you know that shit just doesn't work right now does not work but here's another interesting stat again when parents were asked whether or not they do this less than their parents did only 21% 
do this less than their parents, which is intentionally embarrass their kids. So how do you guys feel about that? Intentionally embarrassing. Yeah, I don't, I, so I, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because that to me is like a real quick way to shut down, especially my son. My son, like I said, he's so good with like his communication, bro. He'll look at you and be like, that's how you're going to really do me, dad. You know, because he'll feel it and he'll tell you like, Dad, like, I understand, like, you're upset, but you just embarrass me in front of everybody. Like, literally, man, it's crazy. You got to say this. My son got his first letter from a girl, right? Kindergarten, <laughs> bro. I'm like, yesterday, kid you not. And this, this lady comes up to me, and she goes, oh, are you Amari's dad? And I'm like, oh, shit, what my son do, bro? Like, what did my son do to your kid? Like, what did my son do to your son? So I'm, like, I'm thinking, like, you know. But then she's like, oh, you know, my daughter wanted to give Amari a letter. And I'm like, that's a, that's a Different kind of notification. <laughs> and I said, bro, this, this is a little different, you know? That's so okay. And um, so fast forward, right? I told him, I said, tell the girl thank you. We're going to write her back tonight. So he said, okay. So he went and walked over to the girl, told her, thank you. I'll write you back tonight. So he wrote the letter. Fast forward to, say, Friday this morning, right? Taking my son to school. I'm like, son, you ready to give her this letter? I'm like, what's up? It's a big deal, right? He's like, yeah, dad, I'm ready to give it to her, whatever. Shit don't say no more than, like, she asked him if he had a cat and if he knows how to read. So he just responded back to it, right? <laughs> really not that. But <clears throat> he gets there, and he starts getting really excited and worked up, and I can tell. Because, like, Mari doesn't really, like, just run around before school and all this shit. And I'm like, bro, are you running around? It's like, what are you doing, you know? And so he's looking, and I'm having a conversation. I'm like, bro, you need to stand here and listen to me right you're about to go into class and you're really acting like you're just about to go above and beyond and he's looking over the side of me and I'm like bro look at me and he's like but dad I'm not going to be able to give Daniela the letter right and I'm like oh man okay shit like okay let's go work this out because I had to switch over from like disciplinary mode to like that's right we did have like a goal we were supposed to get to this morning and then it turned into an embarrassment thing well, now the teacher's not going to let me do it because we're not allowed to have letters with everybody and in front of everyone. And, like, this all happened in a matter of five seconds. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, to me, I could have been, like, in that moment, a hard-ass and be like, I don't care what you're talking about. You don't act the way that you just acted. You're supposed to behave a certain way, and this letter is secondary. But to him... He had already known, like, and he said, Dad, okay, I get it. I messed up. Stop talking to me so I can go give this girl this letter, right? But he missed his opportunity. And so for me, I just, I had to then make up for his missed opportunity, and I had to go talk to the teacher and be like, hey, can Amari give her this letter? You know what I mean? I was, like, talking to him and whatever. And so I had to, like, really catch myself. And instead of, like, wanting to continue to, like, reprimand him in front of everybody, which really wasn't the idea, but it was happening there because in my mind, I don't. Re- it doesn't really matter to me if something. If you're doing something wrong, it doesn't matter time and place. I'm going to correct you, right? That's just my son understands that, and so he wasn't even crying about that. He was more so upset that the embarrassment led to the lack of time he had to give this girl this letter, and I had to catch myself and stop doing that because, and I thought to myself like, am I embarrassing myself in front of, or not myself, but am I embarrassing my kid? in front of his classmates and stuff like that, which it wasn't really a deep conversation. It was just to stop doing what you're doing type of thing. But I had to stop so that he could re- I could really recognize that, okay, this is not the moment for this, and let him go do his thing. 
saved a meltdown. But like, yeah, like I feel like if I could have, con- I could have continued if I wanted to and been like, you know what, you sh- you behaved this way, so now you didn't get to hand the letter to her because you did this, right? And my son understands that, and that's embarrassing to him because he'll be like, it's your fault, it's not my fault, and I know that that's what really gets to him. Mm-hmm. But I had to catch myself. Right. So like to me, I don't think that the embarrassing thing really is the way to go. It may be funny. Like there's some parents that do it in a funny way. But at the end of the day, it's funny to us because we understand. But to that kid in that moment, it's like, bro, sure. yeah. you know what I mean? It's way different. And that's the thing is like, as an adult, you think it's not a big deal. But for them, that's their whole life. Man. So different generation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's all they know. Yeah, that's all Amari knows. Is like this is my class, this is my life. So if you're embarrassing me in that small situation, they remember that man. Like I, I can still remember being embarrassed in fourth grade and in front of a girl, and like that. That really kept me from like bringing girls home. Like I, I, I can still remember that specific time. Um, so it's. Yeah, it's that and sharing a bunk bed with your brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I still bro. Yeah, after that, but um. Yeah, it's like, I, I just feel like that's a trust thing, you know? Uh, you break that trust, it's really hard to get that back. Yeah. Um, especially, again, because when kids go to school, that's that's their life. Yeah. And you embarrass somebody in front of everybody, especially now with social media and all that, man, That's you see a lot of kids that can't handle it, and how can you? That, that thing spreads like crazy nowadays. Right. So... I think it's a really, it's tough. And yeah, you're right. It can be funny at times, but the damage it could do long term is, is pretty tough to swallow. It's a, it's a tough poison to pick for your kids, you know, yeah. just choosing to embarrass them because you're right. You're, as, as parents, we just don't know well enough to, within our kids, if they're mature enough to understand why they're being embarrassed at the point. So, it can have more damage than it has benefits. But I want to just take this time to thank all of you for being willing to share. This is a this is you know a topic we can go on and on about because obviously there's a lot to say here. Um, the fact that we have mixed experiences and mixed perspectives, I think, really makes this a topic that is worth listening to and will be beneficial to others that. Hopefully we'll Oh yeah. Is from running all the courts SF to the town. Dad pause now we just running our mails. Baba shop talk, rocking the spot. Got you thinking these opinions all coming in hot. Lifelong bond has the convos flow. Time just goes, constant growth. Straight from the base, spreading knowledge and laughs. Listen up, show love, homie, it's the second half.